it represents me being successful mm. instead of the music representing black on black violence. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I said that was pretty dope. Yeah, uh, that was great. Oh, thanks. Yeah. If you ask me about it, there's no way I could say it. <laughs> we are both artists and we also compose the score for Reasonable Doubt. My name's Ali Shaheed Muhammad. My musical journey began in the womb, as my mom puts it. <laughs> my mother was a, a avid record collector and she says she played all the great songs for me while she was carrying me. And I believed it because uh, looking over her record collection, it was pretty incredible. I used to listen to my mother's records all the time. And my uncle who used to babysit my sister and I was also a musician and a DJ. And he would come over to my mom's house and uh, do these like parties. And I just became fascinated with my mother's collection, my uncle's collection, um, my uncle being a, a, a bass player um, in jazz fusion bands and just kind of like a little, little sport tagging along and just acquiring all this information. And um, at some point I asked my mom if she would buy me a couple turntables, she did. And their collections became my collections and the, the pool of where I sampled a lot of music from. And uh, went to high school in Manhattan, met Q-Tip and uh, the rest of that Tribe Called Quest um, and formed a couple of more groups. And while I was sampling, I always felt that Musically, there was more that I wanted to do. And at some point I felt like I was hitting a wall and um, I decided to pick up an instrument and one instrument led to another, to another, and to another. And at some point, someone asked me if I would score something and you cannot just sample music to, come, to, to create a score. So um, that also became more of an inspiration for me to just learn how to play instruments. My name is Adrian Young. I started off collecting records and DJing, and then I wanted to start sampling records to make music uh, like the music I listened to by groups like A Tribe Called Quest. And I started sampling these records and making music with them, but then I started realizing that I was more inspired by the records I was sampling. So I decided to start buying instruments, a bass guitar, drums, electric guitar, piano. I started teaching myself how to play and compose and, and record so that I can make music that was more aligned with the records I was listening to as a DJ. And in doing so, a lot of the records I started really gravitating to were soundtracks, black exploitation records, and also just European funk and psych and soul records, but these were all soundtracks. And I was just hoping that one day I'd be able to become a composer. So I was, I was in New York on tour around 2013, and I see a tweet, and it's Ali Shaheed Muhammad essentially saying he liked my music and I was tripping because I'm like, you like my music? That doesn't even make, like, that was supposed to be me telling you I like your music. And, um, and um, you know, he was like, yo, we should hook up. And I said, it's crazy. I happen to be in New York right now. 
and I was staying five blocks from where he lived serendipitously. So we went to lunch and I said, you know, we just, just talked and just really hit it off and I asked him if he would be willing to be part of a hip hop album I was producing for a group called Souls of Mischief. And he said, yeah, he flew out to LA, we worked and that work never stopped. Adrian's music is very soulful. It is classic. It has movement. It's emotional, you know, it breathes, you know, um, and there's such a mixture of a lot of different things, you know, soul, funk, psych rock. He just, he just pushes, you know, he pushes music. And as someone who digs in the crates, he makes the music that I've often found myself looking for, you know, when you go looking for records. And so I was very, very surprised to find out Mr. Young is very young. <laughs> <laughs> I, I discovered his music by just doing what I always do. I'm always listening for music for inspiration. Ever the DJ digging in the crates, looking for something to play either for a DJ set or party or just for friends or just something that gives you inspiration in the studio. And I had come across the Black Dynamite uh, soundtrack and I just thought like, wow, this is pretty dope. And so that began the journey of just looking for more of Adrian's music, just like diggers do. You know, looking at album credits and trying to figure out, you know, who were the players and things like that. And, you know, Adrian is, he's, he's that guy. Ali and I have been composing on many different projects from Luke Cage to Raising Kanan to, to various others. And um, we received a call from the head of music, Don Soler. And um, she basically reached out and asked if we would be into it. And um, she talked to us about who is running it, which is Ramla Muhammad, and the team, this being an all-female, people-of-color team. Like, it, it was one of those things where she described this thing as it's the most epic job in the world. And uh, we read the script and we love what we read. And we met with Ramla and just fell in love with her and her energy and her vibe. And it's one of those things where we were honored to just be asked to be on the team. We started the process of developing the music for the series by having conversations with the creator, Ramla Muhammad. She talked about how important the music would be for this show and how it really is going to serve as the bedrock for the world because the music shows you the generation she comes from. It's that golden era hip-hop, but then it's also that jazz that hip-hop sampled. It's also that R&B that hip-hop sampled. When you have a, a title of the show called Reasonable Doubt, which is coined from uh, a, a Jay-Z's album, that pretty much gives you a lot of information. Everything that we created was to further illuminate the intricacies of the main character and her world. And Ramla gave us free reign to do whatever we wanted to within the confines 
of Jacks. Jax, this very high-profiled attorney from Los Angeles that is into the far side, is into the organized noise productions, is into Ace Hood, and is just a, like, badass. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that word. <laughs> but she's really fierce and great at her job and all of the connections from her mom, her relationship with her mom, Jax's mom, Jack's relationship with her children, Jack's relationship with her clients, Jack's relationship with her employees, Jack's relationship with her husband. There are so many different dynamics that's happening in this storyline, and the music really highlights all those dynamics and all those different worlds that she has to navigate, just all these different components and we felt that it gave us a lot to play with. In the early episodes, one of the, the key words that Ramla said was, with specifically to Jax, was I need a very messy theme for her because there's an aspect of her persona that's just kind of messy. Uh, she's in the middle of this weird separation with her husband while just taking on these high profile cases and being a mom, you know, and being a great daughter and navigating the, I'm separated and where's, where's everything going? Jax is very energetic. She's very strong. She's very poised and she is very sure of herself and her experience, her, her gifts as an attorney and the character of Jax, she likes not necessarily, I don't want to say drama, but just a life to have a spice to it. And so we had to dial in and figure out, like, what is messy? Like, you know, messy, like, describe messy, you know? And Ramla gave us a, a, a few words, a few key words, and we took those key words and we just kind of went digging and into sound designing just to find, like, okay, like, this messiness is going to travel with Jax. So there was this, this piano piece that was just kind of like, you know, someone as if your cat just jumped on top of your, your piano, right? And so it was just like, hmm, how do we take that and turn it into a score piece that really fits this character? And so it's it's not like a pig pen messy, you know what I'm saying? It is, it is more about the choices that Jax was making and how one choice affected something else that was happening and unfolding in her life. So we're able to translate it and move it between characters that she's interacting with in her times of being messy. We have this piano, kind of a percussive electronic, really high peak sound under this pad that's really spacey. It, it leaves room for the orchestra strings to go on top of it. Then there are different moments that we hear the messy theme where there may be more of a simplified jazz kind of cool bass because something, something is happening. <laughs> and then there's another moment where we hear the messiness as it, it, it hits her relationship with Lewis. And there's a bit more of an aggressive, 
Carter 808 sound, kind of keeping in line with uh, Romler's uh, intent to use more of a trap sound. It's something that we played with a lot. You know, we, we probably played more trap drums in this score than probably anything else. And so we wanted to make sure that the messy messiness stayed in unison with the rest of the score and other areas. Then there's the area with Jack's and Damon's relationship. And that sound of the messiness is probably the most evolved because there's a lot more padded sounding layers that's on top of that with more of drums and percussion. We wanted to, to use more of acoustic drums, less electronic drums. I think some of the, the, the Lewis area is electronic-y drums. And so we wanted to, again, have moments where it all connected somehow, some way. Sound of the score is interesting because it's jazz just as much as it is golden era hip hop, as much as it is modern hip hop, as much as it is R&B, you know? It really goes all over the place, but in a way that is very unique to the world of Reasonable Doubt. It's one of those things where if you hear the music, you feel as though you're in the world. Our job is an audiovisual job. Our job is to try to make what we see better. And in doing this, Ramla would talk about how she wants these scenes to feel. She wants it to feel sloppy and sexy. What does sloppy and sexy sound like, you know? And we're defining that through our instruments. Um, what is something that's dark and melodic sound like well we're defining that through our instruments so as Ali said we create this score but on top of that we write to a full orchestra and record it and make it sound as rich as possible trying to match what Ramla has done visually so when we are recording our tracks to get approved pre-orchestra Sometimes we'll leave an open area so that we could write for orchestra after that to, to tell the viewer how they're supposed to feel when our lead character is angry or is about to do something. But there's other times that we just want the orchestra to essentially be a, a background, a, a sheen, something glossy that is not necessarily leading, but just letting you know that we got orchestra, <laughs> you know, letting you know that production value is high. And like I said, trying to match the uniqueness and the richness of the visual. Let's say I call out a chord and I'm on keys and Ali's on bass. He'll respond to that. And then I'll say, okay, let's go to C major and make it more happy. And then we'll go there. Like we understand what chords make someone feel a certain way. If we want to feel more mystery, we know what kind of sus chords to use versus minor chords. It's like, there's all these kind of algorithms that we kind of go by in creating something that 
provokes thought or feeling or emotion, you know? So let me, let me give you the process, basically. Let's say we're scoring episode one right now. Um, Ali and I will get together and we'll create our cues. Let's say that we create 20 minutes worth of music. After our 20 minutes of music are approved, thereafter we write for the orchestra. And then we layer the orchestra on top of what we've already created. So the, the, the music is already approved, but now the orchestra is coming in. Sometimes we might put like a fake string here just to show how it would sound, you know, with the real orchestra. And then we remove all the fake elements, if we even use them in the first place, and we just put the orchestra on. So there's no real challenge in recording the orchestra just outside of time because charts have to be written. We have to get all, get everybody assembled and recorded and transferred and because all the orchestras recorded tape also. So it's, it's just a process. It just makes everything better and it's time. The main theme that we wrote with Ladybug, Mecca from Digable Planets, performed by the incredible Nayana, really sets the vibe of the show. It really sets that black excellence, classic, Afrocentric perspective. As soon as you hear that, you understand where the show is going to go. And in doing that, we wanted to make sure that we established a theme that was just as unique as if we're hearing at different strokes or at good times. Something that's very special where as soon as you hear it, you're in the bubble. You're in the world of reasonable doubt. One thing that's fun is that when we when we were all writing with Ladybug the, the lyrics for the theme, we're discussing with Ramla what it like what are some of the 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 black keywords that we could use for that area of Los Angeles and she's like the dons and I've been I've been here for a long time I'm like yeah what's the dons what's the dons the dons you know it's a, it's it's the streets it's like don Julio or Don whatever like but it's it's these streets you know in, in Los Angeles where all the dons are like oh so what what's the line something posted at the Dons or something. Something, something like that. So it's all these little key LA things, you know? So it was fun just figuring out key things to put in, like World on Wheels is a classic skating ring that is very integral to, to, to black culture in Los Angeles. Uh, so we threw that in, you know? So that was, that was very fun. Coasting on the west between sets and wealth We toast the sunset in the dance Take flight into the night under callous stars In a world on wheels, it's all us It's the world we feel, it's all us From the hills to Hollywood, it's all us When you think about being black in Los Angeles And when you think about the music that represents that or the first kind of sound that comes to mind is something aggressive. But the music that we have in Reasonable Doubt, it's emotional, it's melancholy. 
it's uplifting at times. And at times it is aggressive. But it's aggressive in a way that is is more tied to the character development and this character being an attorney in Los Angeles, a black female attorney in Los Angeles that's finding her way. So it's the so again the music is not something that typically sounds like I'm in a gang. I'm a black woman, I'm a black male, and this is the soundtrack of my life. It's, the music is more so of I grew up in Los Angeles, Baldwin Hills, Ladera Heights. I listen to jazz, hip hop, R&B. And it represents me being successful instead of the music representing black on black violence. So in episode three, we received temp with this Afrobeat sound on there. And we asked Romela, was that intentional? She said, yeah, I want something new, something fresh, kind of like the to, to kind of like shake off what we saw in episode one and episode two. So we were like, oh, okay. And so with Afrobeat, obviously there's a, there's a rhythm of the drums, which is the foundation of it. And it, there's, a, there's a chill kind of like, you know, kind of a groove thing that happens with that shuffle. But when you match it up against a case, like things are happening and information is being fed and the camera movement is, is, is shifting and doing all these things, it is just perfect. We have on top of the drums, we have a, a bass line that's just melodic, but then there, there are counter melodies that are happening. With the guitar, we added guitar, we added a clavinet, there's a little bit of percussion. But we didn't, again, knowing that it's a score and not a song, we had to find our moments to really let the, the, the score side of it be to the forefront and then allow for that musical push that would be almost like a, a needle drop. So Cross the Line, we wrote with Tara Stinson and it's for a very, very cute moment with Lewis's brother. He, he comes to town and he's a performer. This is a song that's made for him. I, I believe it's supposed to be like his classic song that he does at the end of his performance. And obviously he's in town and invites Lewis and Jax to come see him perform, but he doesn't know, he's unaware of what's going on and the lyrics are very true to, to nature of maybe not necessarily what was happening with Jackson Lewis in the moment, but just any relationship that has this, this obstacle. And there's a question of what is standing in the way from us really connecting. And so that was a, it was a lot of fun to write that and to have an opportunity to work with Tara. Tara is an incredible songwriter. It allowed us to introduce some jazzy flavor to it, but not like 60s, 70s jazz, just something a little bit more modern.
initial response when Ramala suggested the Sheryl Crow song was to go listen to it. You know, it was a song that had gotten beyond me. I wasn't quite familiar with Difficult Kind. And after hearing it, it was like, oh, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Like, <laughs> it just lyrically, it makes sense. It's, it's such a tongue-in-cheek kind of a turnaround. And if you've really gone through some, some pain in life and have had some great disappointments, like, great, you understand that song. And Ramla said, do what you want to do with it. And we're like, okay, cool. And Danielle Ponder came in, was just another treat for us because she has an incredible voice and an incredible presence. And she was really excited. She loved the arrangement of the song. She, at first she was like, well, you know, what do you want me to do with it? And it was just like, do you. <laughs> like, we're not going to direct this traffic, just do you. And what she belted out was just like, oh, she really connected with the words in this, this song in a way that she owns the song now. You know, I mean, it's a Sheryl Crow song and Sheryl Crow wrote something really great, but Danielle, she smashed it. That's something that we don't really get to do that often and to try and interpret someone else's original idea, but still make it for the world of the storyline, the show, you know? So that was a lot of fun. Hope Cheryl likes this, if she ever gets to hear it, you know, really. Finish Line, that's a song that was in the last episode with Ladybug. That was special because her writing the theme, now she has to actually perform a song at the end. We actually did a full song, recorded a full song with her. And that's something that we're saving for the soundtrack. And we use a truncated version to fit the scene that describes how our lead character, Jax, is feeling at the culmination of a big trial. And in a way, what's crazy is that Ladybug was not part of us doing the Cross the Line song. That was in the first, second episode? First, one of the first or second episode. But then she threw that line back in, in this last episode. And, I, and like I said, unbeknownst to her that, that that's a title of a song that we used before. So it kind of works as a motif within the world regarding crossing the line because the line is being crossed here. And also it highlights Jack's character as being this very strong black woman who has to retain the secret to keep a great relationship between her mom and her children intact, her mom and her husband intact, having to keep it together as she understands who her client is and their discoveries about the client and keeping it intact, knowing that how she even received this case and there seemed to be some sabotage almost to a degree and how she handled and managed all of that. And I think for Ramla, what she expressed was, you know, black women carry a lot. 
We go through a lot in life and you walk through life seemingly unscarred, but you're carrying so much. And that's what she really wanted that song to come across in that moment when we hear this song. It's a very crucial moment in the, the season. The audience is not sure what's going to happen, you know? So it was really the way that Romler directed us and the way that we executed was really, and the way that Ladybug just knocked it out of the park. She really nailed it. That was a very special song and a, a very powerful way to get us towards the end of the season. On top of lies, we cross the line of fine, line, lies. On top of lies, we cross the line 